Hello, good to see you. My name is Anke Mulman. Our website is cwowi.eu, Church Without Walls International. We are part of a worldwide network of house churches. If you are interested in that, if you want to know people who are on the same spiritual page about family, about uh, getting to know the Lord more and more and taking care of one another, like in the book of Acts, like in the pages of the New Testament, how did they church, go to our website, cwowi.eu, or to another website, cwowi.org. Today I want to talk to you about losing the person of the word to the written word and you think what is that about? Well first of all I want you to know that I do love the written word. I am a student of the word. We went to Bible school years ago and I really love the word. I love to be in the word to receive revelation from the Father and when I have something going on I love to go to the word first of all to hear from the from the Lord himself but also to read his word and he oftentimes speaks to me through the word. But we as Christians and charismatic Christians, oftentimes, and I see that around me, that people love the, 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 the written word so much, but they don't know the person of the word. So the, and the person of the word is the living word and from whom the printed word comes. So the printed word must be secondary, flowing from our walk with the living word, the person, the true word, who is the word of God. If you know that Matthew's gospel, although it was believed to be the first gospel, I don't know, some say it is the gospel of Mark, but um, the New King's uh, Bible, my Bible states that Matthew was written between 50 to 75 AD, Mark's gospel, 65, 70 AD, Luke's gospel, 59, 75 AD. Then you can imagine, well, and actually that the Bible was formed until the Council of Nicaea around 330 AD, so 300 years after Jesus. And then the New Testament, we know, it records the history of the church from approximately 30 AD till 90 AD. So when we talk about when the disciples, the, those when when they talked about the word, when they talked about teaching, they are not talking about the Bible as we know it now. When we say, I go to the word, or let's open up the word, or I love the word, I love spending time in the word. They didn't have the New Testament. That is amazing. And of course, you know, later on, Paul wrote letters to the different churches. They became part of the collections of writings. And then centuries later, they became more officially recognized. And eventually, those letters became part of what we nowadays call the New Testament. And Paul wrote those letters to the churches to encourage them, instruct them, answer questions. And he wrote to people he knew. And oftentimes, of course, his letters were distributed from one church to another. But when we read in Acts 2.42, for instance, I was thinking about this last week. When we think, when here it says that the, the, the first disciples, that they continued steadfastly, or another translation says they devoted themselves constantly to the apostles' doctrine, to teaching and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. I was thinking, yeah, teaching, doctrine, but what did they, what did they teach? Because there was no New Testament written yet. When we think about teaching, we go to the Word, say, let's open up the book of Romans, let's do this. And we have a wonderful teaching from Paul about who we are in Christ and so on, and, and about grace and about the law. But they didn't have that. So what were their teaching? Well, first of all, I think they taught things which 
that have had been revealed to them by the Lord when they walked with him for over three years, you know. They walked with him and they talked with him and, and he told them things. And Jesus said later, you know, when I'm gone, the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance things that I taught, that I taught you. And that's what they shared. And they knew the, the person of the word. They knew the Lord. It, it does say in John, the first chapter, right? That in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh and the, it dwell among us. So the word is a person. Even in Revelation 19, when it talks about our Lord, it says he was clothed with a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. So the Word of God, when we talk about the Word of God, it is first and foremost a person. It is our Lord. We have to remember that because when we think about the Word, we think about the, the pages in the New Testament, the written Word. Ex, uh, uh, um, uh, John 16 says, when he, the Holy Spirit, that's what Jesus Oh, yeah, uh, said to the disciples, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth. So he will guide you. He will, he, he guided the apostles into all truth, the Holy Spirit. That means that they had a personal, uh, uh connection with him. They knew him. And he says, whatever he hears, the Holy Spirit, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. It was personal. So, the law was now, which was written in the Old Testament, of course, they, they also read from the Old Testament with, with, when it's referred to who Jesus was, how, uh, how the scriptures, the Old Testament all talked about the Lord already. But first of all, they, the law was now written in their hearts and they had to learn to walk with him and to hear from him. So how is it about you? Do you know the person of the word or do you? When you think about the word, you only know the right, the written word. And when we think about the word, we think about chapter and verse. What did the, the disciples do when they had an issue or a problem? Uh, they, what we do nowadays, you have all those things in the back of your Bible. You can look up a, a word. And then what, what many, many people do think, okay, I need something about healing, some scriptures. Okay, here's a wonderful scripture. Okay, I, I, I take that as my scripture. I stand on that verse. And then they stand on the word. That's what they say. But what did they do? The first, uh, the, the disciples for the first 300 years when there was no written word, when they had an issue, they had to pray to hear directly from the Lord, from the person of the word. And when the person of the word quoted something or spoke to them, then they stood on what he said to them because they didn't have Ephesians or Colossians and to turn to, to scripture and to chapter and verse. Yes, of course, the Lord can highlight a verse of scripture from the written word and we can stand on that verse, what he highlights, what he speaks to us. But when there is an issue, when we have a problem, something going in, a life, in our life, first of all, run to the person of the word for advice. And an example that the Lord speaks from his word, we find it in Acts 13. It talks about uh, Paul and Barnabas. They were telling the Jews about Jesus. Soon they had a crowd listening to them, including some Gentiles. And it says that the Jews were, uh, what does it say here? Acts 13, 45, they were filled with envy, contradicting, blaspheming, and they opposed the things spoken by Paul. And then Paul and Barnabas grew bold. And they said it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles for so the Lord has commanded us. And then he quotes a scripture from Isaiah 49. 
I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvations to the end of the earth, of the earth. So he says the, the Lord, the word, the true word of God spoke to them. And then he highlighted the verse in the written word. So they didn't just pick out a scripture to stand on. They knew the person of the word. So he could speak to them as verse from the scripture, a verse that fitted their need, their situations. And then they knew what to do. So first of all, the person of the word and maybe a direction into the written word. Anything what we call on the page is the word. The word flows from the person of the word. Some examples of the person of the word and not the written word. What we oftentimes think it's the written word, but it's actually the person of the word. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in or amongst you richly, teaching, admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, and so on. And then we think, okay, the word of God, the written word must dwell in me richly. So I have to think about meditating on it and that's good not, not saying that is not good but when it says here the word of God dwell in you or amongst you it talks about the words that he spoke to them you know what he taught them they should think about it and, and, and listen to it and remember it talk about it and then teaching one another admonishing one another and the Amplified even says, let the spoken word of Christ have its home in you. So that's it, the spoken word of Christ, what he speaks to you. Uh, card it in your heart, uh, 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 write it down, keep it in your heart, think, over, think it over and over again, the words that he spoke to you, the personal teaching of the word. For instance, let's say you are in a spiritual battle. We all know the scripture from Ephesians chapter 6, right? Verse 17, what talks about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we think, okay, those were the word here. That's the sword of the spirit. So I'll pick out a scripture that fits my need when I am in a battle. And then I quote it and then I stand on that verse. But here, the, uh, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the word, word is rhema, and it means something that the Lord spoke to you. It's a specific, quickened word. And in order to have a sword that penetrates and blows the enemy, and, and, and penetrates a blow to the enemy, we need a personal word, a spoken word from God. What does it mean? It means that we have to spend time with him and not just find some scriptures that fit the need. Matthew 4.4, 4, talking about spiritual food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It actually mentioned it, that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We should live by those words, the words that he speaks to us, indicating it's not, in it, it's not the print, but it's the person that we seek first. And those words that he speaks to us, and that it can come from the written word, absolutely. We should dwell on that, and that is our spiritual food. Not like you have to spend one chapter every day in the Word, or one chapter from the Old Testament or from the New Testament. No, look for that personal Word that He speaks to you, and it can be from the written Word, of course, but first, the person of the Word. David, he, he, he really knew the Lord, you know. He, I think he walked in New Testament grace. When you read all the, all his Psalms, he really knew the Lord. When he says in Psalm 119, verse 11, he says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I should not sin against you. So is he talking about the written word? Is he talking about the Old Testament law? 
No, I think he says, I have hidden your word. He knew the Lord. So the, what the Lord spoke to him, he hid his, in his heart. Okay, another um, scripture that we oftentimes quote, Hebrews 4.12, talking about the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God. Is it is the word, the written word, is it powerful in itself? It's only powerful when he speaks it. And the verse 13 says, there is no creature hidden from his side. So the word of God is talking about a person because he says, and there is no creature hidden from his side, but all things are naked and open in the eyes of him to whom we must give account. That's different eh? when we think about the written word and oftentimes it talks about the person of the word, the living word. Ephesians 5, 25, 26, husbands love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church, gave himself to for her, to her that they might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Hmm. Does the word, reading the word cleanse us in itself? Oh, it can change our thinking. Of course, it can when we meditate upon the Lord, upon the word. But it says the washing of water by the rhema word. So when he speaks a word to you, that is like washing. When he says, he speaks to you that you are loved and that he has forgiven your sins <clears throat> and that he has a purpose for your life that washes you and that cleanses you. You are being washed by the person who is the word. John 15, last scripture, I will quote, there are many more. Do it, study yourself if you like to. John 15, 7, it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Okay, so it means oh, I have to abide in the word, have to abide in the word, go to the word over and over again. Although that's good in itself, but it says, If you abide in me and my rhema words abide in you. The words that he spoke to you, they abide in you. They have their home in you. And then you can ask whatever you want, referring to those rhema words. He spoke to you and it shall be done for you. Different, eh? different than what we uh, usually think. So, yes, read the word. Let the, uh, the Lord quicken the word from the written word to you. But first and foremost, know the person of the word, the living word. I hope it's a blessing. If you have questions, you can email me, cwowi.eu. See you next time. Bye-bye.